Hey, welcome everyone to Plant Profits. Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Protus Global and Cannabis Radio. And uh, Plant Profits is also an award-winning podcast. So I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And hey, I have a guest who's like a boomerang. Rob Seacrest. Rob is, uh, he and I had a conversation several months back. I'm real excited to have him on the show today because I really want to see there's a lot of things happening in cannabis and I want to really understand how it affects what he's does. Now, Rob, as you guys recall, is president of the Polaris Equity Group and of the Polaris Fund. Uh, he and his partners said what they really do they specialize in bridge loans for real estate stuff, construction projects, and fully stabilized for cannabis use facilities and those kinds of things. And there may be more and we'll learn more. But that's Rob Secrets, President of Polaris Equity Group and the Polaris Fund. Rob, welcome back to Plant Profits. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, the obvious question for me is I want you to talk to me, what the hell have you been doing in 2023 in this industry? We got a lot done this year. Okay. So let me just take a step back. We got the, in the earlier part of the year, we got the highest credit rating ever issued in the industry at A flat on our secured bond. And so that was a major achievement that was issued by Egan Jones, the, the most highest rated agency that will do uh, ratings for cannabis. None of the other ones will do cannabis. And so we have a, a company rating of triple B plus, and then our, our secured bond is a flat. So that was a major accomplishment that we announced uh, earlier this year. The Probably the most significant accomplishment, um, not only for us, but the entire sector is that Polaris completed the first securitization ever achieved in the, in the sector. And so why that's so significant is, is that any normal mortgage reader or lender in the country has yeah. the ability to have a balance between a combination of debt and equity products. <clears throat> You've got lines of credits and, and bonds, but you also have uh, securitization, which is when you would sell the top portion of a loan or the most uh, senior piece of that loan to free up capital that was, you know, you can sell that at a lower coupon rate to those investors and catch that spread and then redeploy that capital. So we did that earlier this year for $45 million. Um, We've opened up a, a another access to about a half a half a trillion dollar uh, CMBS market out there. That market is, is enormous, but for investors that are still comfortable or willing to come into the cannabis sector, it narrows down fairly quickly, but we've, we've completed the execution of completing it and, and got it done, but we've also created the market. And so any meaningful legislation that we get from rescheduling or the Safe Banking Act, we believe will continue to open up the the size of the market that we've created, will uh, allow us more access to capital from institutional investors. Great. Oh, that's 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 really good. So the the ratings, how does that help you operate your business and be successful? Yeah, so on the structured finance products and the things that we're doing behind the scenes to allow us to offer our 
our investors the yield target that they're looking for and trying to yeah. balance what what uh, we're putting out for the borrowers. Yeah, what we're what we're doing is having to go to institutional asset managers and groups behind behind the scenes, and those groups are looking for certain ratings for the bond investors. That's important to them with the securitization. In that, in this particular one that we did, we didn't get a rating on it because we thought that that might actually hamstring us. So in that particular uh, transaction, we didn't do the rating on it, and we might do it in the future, but. We needed to make sure that we had the most broad market possible um, as we're sure. developing these these new markets. Okay, okay, great. So, how's uh, <laughs> <ice> business? Yeah, <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. So, look, this year has been a uh, challenging year for cannabis equity, uh, the entire cannabis operator right. country, and that is a, a, essentially evaporated. And so. A slowdown on the pace of what you know we require a certain a more, a portion of our transaction to have equity in it before we originate, and so some of those borrowers may not have the total capital of equity that they need for us to close the transaction. But we believe, and we're starting to see that those equity markets are just starting to free up a little bit right now, and we think mm-hmm. that that's coming here. We do believe that the rescheduling recommended by um, HHS. Is probably going to go through. Is our our read on that? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. But tell me, I want to I ask everyone this question because, I mean, there's a process for that to become a reality, and there's a lot of things I would imagine that's parked in front of it. So, give me some ideas of of how that's going to really happen, and what's the effect scheduling on what you do for the this is for first on on just timing part of it. So we believe that um, the Biden administration is definitely wants to make sure that this has been uh, achieved by you know by next year because then we don't know uh, who the next administration is and if they would approve it or not. And I think that the Biden administration really believes that this is significant uh, uplift for them mm-hmm. for their voting base. What 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 does it mean? And well, first that process that you spoke about, there is a very detailed process that has yeah. to happen with the the DEA. And I think that one of the things that even if the the, the executive branch directive is to get this approved, and, and everybody's if everybody's rowing in the same direction, which we believe that ultimately they would, but there could be people in that process that slow it down, and that's mm-hmm. that's just the nature of of how bureaucracies work. And they may be slowing it down intentionally. And so we just don't know how, how what's happening behind the scenes. But we personally believe that it will uh, happen by next year. And how does that affect things? Well, you know, the number one thing is it, it enhances all 27,000 cannabis companies across the country to be able to write off their expenses on their federal tax returns, which we believe is somewhere around a 40 to 50% uplift to their bottom line for essentially almost everybody across the board. Let's stop there. Let's stop. We're talking 280, right? That's so, right. right. So, so going from a three to one, right? No, a one to three. No, one to three. I had it reverse. Going from a, a schedule one drug to a schedule three drug. So, I've I've had people tell me two things here. One that that does take care of the 280 scenario, and I've had others that said, well. They don't see it coming out in a way where that will happen. 
Why is it unclear? Nobody will know until it actually comes. <laughs> That's true. But the reason that it's, I think that it's unclear is that I think that most people don't realize there's two effective systems in the country for cannabis licensing. There's the state system and yeah. then there's the federal DEA system. The federal DEA system has its own sets of licenses across the country. There are seven cultivation licenses. One of them, we were the lender on that. And then there's, uh, off the top of my head, I think like 1,500 research licenses across the country. That universe of DEA federally licensed facilities is only for research. And that universe is fully able to access and write off their expenses and do everything they need today. They can go public on the New York Stock Exchange. They have no issues of Controlled Substance Act or anti-money laundering. They have none of these issues. They can cross state lines. They can import and export out of the country. So I think that most people don't don't know that. And I think where the confusion comes is that people are saying, well, if the DEA approves rescheduling to Schedule 3, it'll only apply to the DEA federal licenses. Yeah. And well, well what it's already there. It's, it's already there. there. Got it. There, but that's not the point. So we are not smart enough to di- to dissect the nuance of law in this. So we re- rely on some pretty top tier attorneys to give us guidance. And each you can get a different opinion from different attorneys, but we're, we're utilizing for this particular guidance, the largest law firm in the world that does canvas regulations and help with all of our um, offering documents and, and compliance and things with our structured products with institutional investors. And they've been right on everything thus far. Their read is that that you cannot distinguish between state medical business cannabis and the federal one. And so I'm, I'm just kind of summarizing what the, what the takeaway is, is that you would win that. They, they, even if the law, even if it came out, the regs that, that it doesn't apply to the state licensing, we believe that there's a case that, could, that would be made that the, you can't distinguish between those two. And so that's, that's the, the idea there um, from, from my understanding. So I believe it would go through, but there's one secondary nuance I think that people are dovetailing in with this. We don't think it's just going to be the rescheduling that comes out. We believe that there will be a memo that is issued by the Department of Justice that is similar to the Cole memo. And we believe that that memo will deconflict or give guidance or clarify the things that might be ambiguous, such as the 280E and some of the the international treaties and things like that. So we think that that there's two elements that come out here. We believe that the, the DEA will ultimately approve it. And we think that contemporaneously, the Department of Justice will come out with a, a memo that gives clarity and guidance on how those myriad. Interesting. That's very interesting. I want to, we'll, we'll continue this discussion. We're going to take a quick break. Rob, you, you said a lot. I got to digest all of that. <laughs> you, 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 hell, you said a lot, man. I'm Vaughn Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Produce Global. We just had an interesting conversation about the rescheduling of cannabis from a level one drug to a level three drug. And uh, there's a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back. Thanks. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is an award-winning podcast brought to you by Protus Global. 
And my guest today, Mr. Rob Seacrest, who is the president of Polaris Capital. We just embarked on this conversation, which is a natural conversation for us to have based on what's happening in the industry. And this is, you know, when the fourth quarter of the year 2023, it's been a just a weird year for the industry, the cannabis industry, but not unexpected. I, I would say that, not unexpected. And and it was it's great to have you, Rob, on the show because I, I really want to get a sense of what's happening now. When when we left for the break, you said that that Biden administration wants this to happen by next year. Do you mean by January one, or do you mean sometime in that year? Because there's an election in the third quarter. All of these these things are happening kind of at one time, and you know. So straighten me out on that. Yeah, well, so the the directive from the Biden administration was that they want this to be reviewed and they want it to go through. The timeline, I I would say, is always within an administration. So, you know, the Biden administration doesn't know if they're going to maintain their position being the next administration. So, you know, given that you've only got 2024 left, you know, I think that they want the maximum political benefit from this announcement. And they already got the, you know, the initial uh, uplift from the confirmation in August of reschedule that the HHS agreed to reschedule it or recommended to reschedule it. So, you know, yeah. the, the next step is for the DEA to to then approve or decline that. Now, that it's our understanding from our attorneys that uh, some people have speculated that it had to be done within 90 days, which would be the end of this month. Our attorneys don't think that that's a requirement. We believe that it will be coming in, but uh, we believe that politics actually play into this where in in you know i hate to, to say that but it does and yeah, sure the, the the biden administration will probably want this to come out no later than april is what we we would forecast to get the maximum benefit the later that they go the the less the, the less benefit the less time they have to tout it to their vote potential voters and I so this is, this is a demographic that they're losing right now. Mm-hmm. It's a demographic that they really want to make sure that they can, you know, go back and, and bring that demographic back in. Yeah. So thank you for that, Rob. So do you do you believe this is a way for the Biden group and the Democratic Party to put their arms around the cannabis industry? And the stump speeches and this is one of the items that's getting a check mark. This is where we're with us. Yeah, unfortunately, everything comes down to politics. I've got direct relationships with uh, many elected of- officials, Senator Daines, co-sponsor of Safe Banking, Corey Gardner, who was the original co-sponsor of the States Act, uh, Cory Booker. These are people we have relationships with. And I think that people lose track of how much politics has to deal with what the agenda is for any administration. And in their minds, if you don't maintain power, it doesn't matter. And so they want to make sure that whatever they're doing is increasing their potential to maintain uh, power, which would mean to be reelected. Yeah, of course. It's all about getting reelected, right? <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Talk to me about what you view 24 to be in the industry. <clears throat> so well, I, I see twenty twenty four. For as I believe that we'll uh, at some point get the recommend the uh, approval from the DEA. I do think that there's a, a relatively uh, there's a chance that we could get safe banking as well in the same year. And- oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's big, man. That's brain of you. 
Yeah, the reason I'm I, sure I say that. Yeah, the reason, the reason I say that, and I know we've only got five minutes left, is yeah. it, I, I've been eating and talking with Steve Daines and his staff, and the okay. for safe banking has always been the Senate. It's passed the House numerous times. It was the, the the choke point was not being able to get the sixty votes that were necessary in the Senate. Well, Daines told me earlier this year that he's got the sixty votes. We we announced that he said I could share that, and then I met with him four weeks ago. And at the time, the House didn't have the speaker at the time. Or he said, "I'm I'm holding things up," and I'm like, oh, "I'm like Steve, my colleagues are going to lose their mind if that's all you give me." Why? What, what's your thought process behind that? And he said, Rob, right. I want to make sure you understand this is not something I'm doing for the political win. I want to make sure this goes all the way through. I'm not going to pass it to let it go die in the House like the House did with us. And I'm like, thanks. I needed that context. Otherwise, everybody would have lost their mind. So since that time, the House has, has brought in a new speaker and it seems that things are back on track and, and moving forward. Now, the complication here is, is that we still don't have a, a budget for the U.S. government and we're on a continuing resolution and we've got a couple of wars. And so cannabis <laughs> not go in front of those things. <laughs> I ask if that's my point, you know, we're, they're, we're in line somewhere. Yeah. No way possible that cannabis can go before those, before the, 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 the budget is passed. So yeah. it's not, so just so you know, they, they wouldn't be acceptable by the country. But once we're past that, then we've got a shot getting this moving again. And a lot of people have been concerned about the House side that now that we've got a speaker and the Republicans are in charge, that the speaker could deny it going to a floor vote. Just so everybody knows, last Congress, Nancy Pelosi was not able to get reelected without giving up some control because her party was so fragmented. And one of those items was, is that with the, I believe it's just a simple majority that any bill can go to calendar and bypass the speaker. And so we've got a clear path there, regardless of what the speaker has personal thoughts on it. So as long as there's a majority. So oh, that's great. Yeah, that's good. I think we may need that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Hey, man, thanks for coming to the show. And I, I really appreciate you showing up as you you always do. And and it's always good to to get your perspective because you're sure. down you're down in the guts of it all, and I, I really appreciate that. And and it, it's also great for our audience to hear the political will and how it turns in the industry, which also helps us kind of digest the time, right? Because we understand most people understand politics takes time, and and that just seems seems to happen. So. My guest today on Plant Profits, Mr. Rob Seacrest, who is the president of Polaris Capital Group. So I really appreciate you, man, for, for showing up. And I appreciate all of you for listening to Plant Profits podcast with Vern Davis. And please subscribe to the show. And we're found on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, you name it. We are there. And look at Protus Global, my company. Yeah. You can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever we are, and really take a look at how we're building companies and how we're changing people's lives at Protus Global, S-P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host, The Plant Profits. 